0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 366, recorded live on Sunday, June 29th, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who is playing Dave this week, Brendan Lapsley. Hello. Hello and the man who is always playing Andy Lowe Andy Lowe, hi. it'd be weird if I was playing Dave and you were playing me because
1: then I would be awkward I'm not sure if I could pull off the deadpan quite as easily as you can or the sheer disbelief at something Dave says it's it's not hard to disbelieve that
0: something Dave says is something that Dave says that one, that's easy my deadpan though then and my ability to go off on tangents without even a blink of an eye
1: takes a little bit of practice
0: yeah, my scatterbrainedness. that one might actually take some work to do I could see it. But yes, Dave is not here this week again. He is currently up north in a cabin with horrible Wi-Fi, he says.
1: Yeah, according or judging based on the uh, messages I've been getting very infrequently, I would assume he has bad internet connection. Yeah, Although I believe later this week he will be out here in Ann Arbor. Well, if he has bad internet connections
0: in Ann Arbor, that would just be sad.
1: That would be rather depressing.
0: Granted, out here in Kalamazoo, another college town in Michigan, you get slightly outside of town, then you have bad internet service, but that's... I don't know. The east side of the state is completely different than the west side.
1: Yeah, you have a lot more of bubbles out there.
0: Yeah, there's a bubble around Kalamazoo. There's the bubble around Grand Rapids, Jackson. St. Joseph. St. Joseph, yeah, yeah. Benton Harbor, St. Joseph area, yeah. It's funny you actually call it St. Joseph because everybody around here just calls it St. Joe.
1: From what I've heard, if you're actually in there, um, they get mad if you call it St. Joe, according to my dad anyway. Really? Really? He used to go out there for work all the time.
0: I will have to keep that in mind then. Yeah, The last time I was in, actually, St. Joe was, uh, I think, for the Census Bureau. So that was back in 2010. So A little while ago. Just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've done anything more than stop there for gas in more than the last 10 years.
0: Well, knowing from the Census Bureau, I can tell you there are a lot of cottages owned by people from Chicago in St. Joe. Nice. That seems to be that Chicago kind of either goes north up the lakeshore or goes east up the lakeshore, and that's where everybody stays for the summer, it seems.
1: I wish I had a cottage on a lakeshore. It is nice, isn't it? At least we get to use yours. True. Julie's already looking for inflatable rafts and such to bring out there this year.
0: I, uh, since the last kite that I flew up there got stuck in a neighbor's tree, I have gotten a different kite, so that one is ready to go.
1: Make sure to fly it out above the lake this time.
0: Well, it's kind of hard because depending on the water, the temperature of the water and the land, the air will either blow all the way in sh- play, inshore or it will blow out. So you gotta, depends on the day if you can blow it in or if you can blow it out.
1: I see. Because with that hill there, I imagine blowing inland just does not work for kites.
0: No, no, it wouldn't. I've seen pictures of my brother, though, having kites blowing out, and he has them tied to the fence that's up there. So that might work, but you'd have That'd to wait for cool. it to blow out. But that's a couple of months away. Right. Are you doing anything fun for the 4th of July?
1: On the 4th itself, there's not really a lot going on. We might be doing Pathfinder. Um, on the 5th, I'm hoping to have some people over for gaming and whatnot. If all goes well, that'll actually be where I'm seeing Dave part of the week. Ah, okay. Yeah, we're going up
0: north to the Wilderness State Park up near the Mackinac Bridge. If anybody doesn't know where that is, that's on the uh, very tip of your middle finger of Michigan if you're looking at your hand.
1: Then again, if you live in Michigan, you probably already know where Mackinac is. True, but I know we
0: have a wider audience, so. Gotcha. But oh, yeah, speaking of wider audiences, I'm slowly working on getting our Facebook page up and running, so keep an eye on that. I had forgotten we even had a Facebook page until I was writing a post on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, podcast, what the hell? And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, we have a Facebook page. I didn't even know that. I didn't know it either. Surprise. So, should we hit the uh, list of topics? Sure. Does anything spark your fancy?
1: Uh, I have no idea. I The one about the Domino's car reminds me a lot of the Book Club book that we were reading. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny
0: that we're sitting here reading Snow Crash for the Book Club book, and Domino's this week releases their new improved pizza delivery vehicle.
1: Which... Seems like it's right out of the first chapter of that book.
0: Yes, yes, it does, because it has a built-in pizza warmer on the side of the car. It's just, oh, it's perfect.
1: This picture looks ridiculous, too. It looks like they took, what is that, like a mini or something and just inserted in oven.
0: I think it's a, God, I don't know what car that is.
1: Like it, it's a Fiat or a Mini or something along those lines, like one of those little cars.
0: Yeah, like a like a Chevy, I think it's a Chevy Aereo or something, not Aereo, uh, a Vio or I don't know, it's a little tiny Chevy car.
1: Like there's enough room for a driver, maybe a passenger, and then the entire backseat slash trunk has been converted into this pizza warmer oven thing.
0: It also has extra large cup holders where they can store two liters. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, that is. I'm always worried about getting a two-liter from the pizza delivery guy going, hmm.
1: Yeah, if I ever do that, I always wait at least 10 minutes before I open it.
0: So my only question is, how many of these
1: things are actually going to be used? I don't know. They're probably going to start with a small fleet of them in like one or two cities and kind of run it as a test program just to see if it works and what people think. Yeah,
0: I can see that. But I, I know most of the pizza delivery guys that I know are really into cars and so they like their car.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what the adoption rate for drivers will be, too. Um, I'm actually really curious if Ann Arbor is going to be one of the starting um, cities just because the Domino's head offices are here.
0: You have an excellent point. I wonder if, yeah, if Domino's uh, building number one, which I think is the one that's right next to Eastern's campus, would be uh, one of the first ones to get it. Wouldn't surprise me.
1: But then the other thing that comes into question, uh, aren't most pizza delivery guys, don't they use their own cars?
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's most of them are car guys who like to drive their own vehicle. So,
1: so the question is, do they now have to drive these company-owned cars? Is the company going to try and pressure them? into buying these cars themselves?
0: Um, they don't know right now. It's this They announced this on Monday and there hasn't been much of it since.
1: Okay, because it's one of these things. It's a cool idea, but the logistics involved to actually launch it is kind of mind blowing.
0: Well, not only that, but all the Domino's pizzas are franchises. So they're actually they're owned by individual owners. So maybe one owner wants these fleet of pizza vehicles for their place, but then one of the other owner doesn't want to pay the money for it.
1: Oh, so the uh, cost to buy the cars would actually land on the franchise owner, then not even corporate.
0: That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, yeah, it would just be a thing that you could buy as part of your Domino's
1: pizza franchise. I think they're going to get a lot of people fighting back or just not adopting, at least early on. I Maybe what I could see is them trying to say, recommend, hey, you know, we'd like each franchise to get one of these. Maybe offer a discount on the first one. We'll have to see. And if I ever see one of these driving around, I will let you know because I work right next to a Domino's. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, depends on the day. Their drivers are nuts and not always considerate, but sometimes being able to just walk in after work and say, hey, I want a pizza. It can be kind of handy.
0: Yeah, I work right next to a Little Caesars and I just come out of the office sometimes and I just breathe that pizza smell and I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be really good right now. Pizza and crazy bread.
1: Except Little Caesars has the walk in, get a pizza, walk out without an order thing. Domino's doesn't quite have that.
0: No, but yeah, you that is true, yeah, you could you would have to wait around a bit. I would just be able to literally, walk in pizza, crazy bread, walk out,
1: yeah, but I mean the other thing is when we do, Julie typically gets one of their new like artesian pizza things that are all fancy and
0: getting fancy with the spices,
1: yeah, more just the toppings in general, and it seems to be a different
0: kind of bread. I don't really know, I don't eat them. 'em I'm just a fan of classic pepperoni pizza. I don't think you can you you can get slightly better with that, but it's hard to do. I haven't anyway, had a Hawaiian pizza in a while.
1: That would actually be really good. See, I just I just eat uh, plain cheese pizza myself.
0: I think Kate has uh, is asking me if we're going out for pizza tonight now. Yeah, I'm heading over to my parents for dinner, so I have no idea what I'm eating. So what else we got here? Uh, anything not video game related. Oh, here's the one. The, the Google I.O. conference was uh, last week. Oh, the virtual reality thing? Yeah, the cardboard virtual reality headset.
1: This just... I've only gone through like half the article and I'm sitting there going, what the hell?
0: I honestly thought it was a prank when I first heard about it. I thought like Google was just joking around with this thing. But no, there's
1: an actual like website for it. So how does this work here? Uh, It it says that you can build it just out of like cardboard and products from your home.
0: Yeah. You remember those old school stereograph image viewers where it looks like you put the like the little mask up to your face and you put the... the You slide the little picture in there and it's got two slightly similar pictures and they're right next to each other. So when you look through the headset, it looks like it's in 3D. Yeah, yeah. You're doing that, but with your phone.
1: So you insert your phone kind of in front of the cardboard?
0: Yeah, you kind of slide your phone into this cardboard headset. It's got a little divider, so you can only see the left half of your phone from your left eye and the right half of the phone from your right eye. And they're slightly different, and so it creates a stereoscopic image. And using the accelerometers, I'm guessing, in the phone, it can adjust to that image accordingly.
1: That is kind of crazy and incredibly creative.
0: So yeah, you have the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars being spent on the Oculus Rift and the the Sony one. Or you could just, you know, get some cardboard and use your phone.
1: The question is, is when are you going to be able to implement this with the PC games? Because that's what everyone wants.
0: That is true. Yeah, this one would just be for the Android platform. So you could have some Android games that use it, but...
1: Well, the other thing is, how would you be able to play a game? Because if your phone is in this um, headset thing, you can't really control much.
0: You could have, uh, what did Dave say, some sort of Bluetooth retro handset? I guess I could
1: Or if you did some crazy voice interaction things. So it's one of those things. It's definitely an interesting direction. I'm curious if it's actually going to go anywhere.
0: Well, I just like how they they put literally the uh, the design files are out here and then they've got the document developer documentation all on this website. So it's like, hey, if you want to do VR stuff, here you go. Yeah, the picture looks amazing. It's just cardboard. That's all it is. is you you, you go, you could order a pizza and then take the box and somehow build yourself a headset out of it. The things Google does. Oh, I completely forgot to post this about this, but the uh, Google's doing their own automotive. Uh, I forgot exactly what they're calling it, like Android, Android Automotive or something like that to kind of try and compete against Apple's uh, CarPlay.
1: Okay, for a second, I thought you were saying Google was going to make a car, and I was like, what?
0: Well, no, because remember they had that weird-looking car that they wanted to do and then it didn't look right. Maybe. Because it didn't have a steering wheel. It didn't have gas and brake pedals. It just looked like you're in a weird looking golf cart. I see.
1: Yeah, I can see that not going over well at this point.
0: Yeah, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but they had decided that they're doing an Android interface for your car. And I think that could potentially be amazing. Well, especially since there's such a wide range. Because, you know, each car developer is going to want to have their own little spin on things.
1: Oh, yeah. They're already doing it. They're already trying to figure out, you know, how can we integrate technology into it? Even when I worked at Toyota years ago, they were already starting to really dive into, you know, how do we integrate this new technology into the – you know, stereo system or the heads up displays, things like that.
0: And Android would give you that solid base of stuff, but then also have your
1: own spin on things. Right. And Android would be able to provide a significant amount of integration. Oh, yeah. With everything. And I think that's kind of the direction that people are wanting. Yeah, I think
0: the next Windows Nokia phone that's going to be coming out is actually going to be an Android phone. Huh? Yeah, color me surprised on that one. So speaking of Google, YouTube has announced they're doing some updates. The first major one that I was interested about was the fact that they were going to be doing videos at 48
1: or 60 frames per second. What is it currently at now? That is an excellent question. (laughs) Because, I mean, if they're currently at like, you know, 45 or something, 48 is not a big deal. But if they're currently at like 30, you know, going up to 60 is huge. Let's see if I can Google it. See, I'm looking at this and some of them are kind of interesting here. Some of them, not so much.
0: All right. YouTube currently runs at 24 frames per second.
1: Okay, so going to 48 or even 60 is huge.
0: Yeah, especially if you're uh, if you're uploading some sort of screen grab from a video game, which is right. going to be running at 60. It's gonna, If you're you know, filming from your cell phone, it's probably still just filming at 24 frames per second because that's just the
1: way everything is run. So then the other question is, are they changing their compressions at all? Because if you go from 24 to 60, you're going to be looking at larger sizes for streaming.
0: Oh, yeah. And already, I'm already annoyed with YouTube's uh, current buffering. Yeah, yeah. Can't really blame me on that one. No, no. I, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I liked how you. I could have just gone to YouTube. Oh, I'd like to watch this video. I'd hit play, and then I would just let it buffer. And then I would come to back to it in my own time and go, okay, now I'm going to watch it. No, now it will buffer, like, what, a quarter
1: of it or a fifth of it, and then just stop? Not even that much. I think it's more based on time. Like, it'll only buffer about 20 seconds worth. Oh, that's... Ugh. Which, for me, gets really annoying, because sometimes I'll be at work, and I'll put on, like just one of these hour-long random mixes or something, and I'm jacked into my company's wireless so I don't have to use my data. And if that's even slightly unstable, like, it pauses every, you know, minute or so, and it gets really frustrating. I mean, I'm trying to figure out why Google is doing it that way, and the only thing I can think of is that they are trying to reduce bandwidth usage by... um, saying, hey, you know, some people probably buffer these videos and then don't even watch them.
0: Yeah, I could see that, uh, a just-in-time sort of thing. Right. Which, Which in theory, just-in-time works out perfectly. In practice, though, I have seen that it never works as intended.
1: Well, it depends in the situation. They use, um, in, like, car manufacturing, again, since I worked in the industry, the just-in-time thing actually did work very well. But for things, like, um, that are just strictly data, based. I'm not sure that's a good model,
0: especially with since data storage is so cheap. It's one of those things where it's just like, mm, it, I see that, yes, bandwidth is where the major concern is. So, yes, you you do need to, you know, cut down on the bandwidth usage. Heck, as all the stuff we've seen with Netflix and Verizon and Comcast.
1: So it comes once again to it's Comcast's fault.
0: Yes, that is a... <laughs> I feel like we should have like a soundboard thing for the Comcast's fault. It's like that instead of how Sony screwed up this time, it's how Comcast screwed up this time.
1: You'd have that one hit a lot more.
0: So yeah, okay. So we've got the, there's a new creative studio. There's new uh, hundreds of free songs in the audio library that you can use for your videos. You can actually get fan funding now straight from YouTube.
1: Which I think is a good thing. I think that some of the things that are out there that people like and would like to see more of, this will make that a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I could see that just to, hey, if you like this, feel free, literally a
1: donate button right under the video. It would be perfect. Because right now, if someone you know is trying to make a living off their YouTube channel, I mean, they probably have to get. Sponsorships and stuff, don't they?
0: Well, you can do the ad-supported stuff there. So once there's an X number of views, then YouTube picks what ads they want to show in front of you. Then you'd get some compensation for it. But then you could do this
1: and also have a donate button as well. Right, and so people could actually make a living off of this.
0: Yeah, a lot easier than how it is currently going. It's like the next stage of web comics, web comics and television. Instead of just you know having, it's like ta uh, da 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 that eating thing where they made those huge hamburgers and everything
1: don't know i know what you're talking about
0: god what's the name of those guys epic epic food or something like that i don't know
1: i don't know just looking through the rest of these one of the ones that concerns me a little bit is this subtitles contributed from fans i can see that being a little problematic
0: well i still think it'd be better than the automatic speech recognition because that one does not work half the time
1: Yeah, but I know you can also submit your own subtitles for your videos. Like, have you watched the um, Muppets uh, Swedish Chef doing popcorn shrimp? No, but that sounds hilarious. Watch it with subtitles. It's amazing. I will have to do that then. I mean, so the whole thing is if you launch it with the subtitles, I think you can set it for whatever you want. But I'm curious to see how they implement this, because if there's no kind of checks and balance, especially from the contributor, I can see that getting out of hand very quickly.
0: It's just like YouTube comments, where if there's nobody to police them, they just get out of control.
1: Right. Then the rest of this looks just like little tweaks and updates that people were probably asking for.
0: Oh, probably. So what else do we got here? Technology related? Oh, Amazon drones. We had talked about those. Yes, it seems the
1: FAA is not happy with them. No, the FAA said no. Which is probably good because, like, in theory, it was cool, but in practice, I think the limitations drastically outweighed the benefits. Oh, yeah, very so. And just the whole thing of drones flying around, especially with movies like Terminator out, just don't go well.
0: Well, I just feel like there's always the problem of, I feel like we should have automatic cars on the roadways first so we can understand this automation process in a 2D plane before we start working in 3D. I can see that. It's just like flying cars. It's like half the people can't even handle a car and just on a flat ground. If
1: you start adding a third dimension in there, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, that would get messy quickly. But I think, um, yeah, getting automated automated cars would be very helpful. But that's also coming from someone who hates driving.
0: Well, now I'm just thinking about that. It's just automatic uh,
1: semi-trucks. Oh, that would be fantastic. I mean, there's definitely some people who would be upset and be out of Lots trucks. of
0: truck drivers would be very upset about it. But if you had an automatic semi-truck to just deliver, you don't have to worry about tired drivers. You don't have to worry about this, that, and the other thing. It's just... You put the stuff in a truck and the truck goes and then it keeps driving until it needs to stop.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing for just a logistics point of view. Although you'd still want to keep um, the ability to manually override because a lot of trucks, I imagine, would probably need that for parking. True.
0: And yeah. filling At up the
1: Yeah, that too. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, those would be like steps two and three because they could probably eventually go in that direction. But early on, you'd still have a few functions you'd need a driver for.
0: Oh, yeah. Just have somebody in there as a physical backup in case. Yeah. If there is an issue, I would love to have, you know, instead of the truck careening off the road at 90 miles an hour, having a guy in there to hit a stop
1: button. So early on, there would still be jobs for trucks. It
0: would just slowly. okay. instead of this one, it's it's just like cruise control. Now it's like the adaptive cruise control. Now it's the lane staying
1: in cruise control. It's like that episode of The Simpsons. Do you ever see the one where. Oh, the one where the truck drivers. Yes, I love that one. I mean, that would be like the ideal goal. Yeah, we
0: can, I just always feel like we should get the infrastructure set up first before trying to just give it to the masses of people, because I feel like the infrastructure is where most of the problems could be fixed.
1: Right. And that's one of those things, you know, just test it before you launch it. Very true. So Hearthstone is going to get updated. Yeah, I haven't played that in a little while. That's one of those, ones. I just, you know, duck in once in a while, play a few games, then get distracted by another game.
0: But I have, I have, I think I've gotten bitten by the bug, but that's perfectly fine because it's. I honestly have not paid
1: any money for this. Right. And the other thing is also, this is the first real Blizzard game I've played to an extent. I think the last Blizzard game I've played a decent amount of was Warcraft 2. You weren't really into Starcraft? No. I, I mean, I played a few games, but the extent of it was, you know, a couple multiplayer games in Dave's basement. Ah, yes. And I was terrible. Yeah,
0: so was I. There was a lot of the, I'm going to be the fodder for Brian and Dave, and
1: I know I'm okay that, with that. I know that feeling really well. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. The The game itself, I think, is done very well. It's very clean. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have quite the pull that uh, some CCGs can have, I think, at least for me. Like, I got into Magic really well for a while there. Um but this one, you know, I'll play a couple games every few weeks, and that's about it. Well, I, it's hard because
0: I do it free-to-play, so I don't actually pay money for it, where I'm just in there, and you see these people who drop a couple of legendary cards, and you're like... You probably had to pay some serious money to get those cards because it's all just random.
1: And then I get a message from Andy going, wah.
0: Son of a bitch, I had this guy dead to rights and then he drops these two cards and I'm screwed. Uh, But I do have to say I'm keeping track of my stats now and I'm currently at a 60% win rate. So I feel like I'm actually doing something because I feel like if I was at a 50% or less win rate, then I would be, you know, bad. But 60% is good, I feel like.
1: Yeah, that's not too bad. I want to say I would be somewhere around 50%. But keep in mind, I have also not played enough to actually flesh out any full decks. So I still have a lot of like the base cards or like the unfaction or the unaligned cards or whatever. Hell, yeah, I think the, only, I've only actually played like three or four different classes.
0: Yeah, that was the one thing I did as soon as I got it. it was like, all right, I'm going to get all the, the basic cards first. Then I'm going to work out on the other stuff there. But I just like doing the arena mode because that one, you, you don't have to worry about what cards you have because it randomly just pulls cards and says, okay, which of these three cards? It's a draft, just like Magic.
1: It is, but you also have to at least understand the basics of the type of deck you're playing.
0: True. You so, can't just randomly willy-nilly pick cards. Granted, most of the time that actually works for me, and I get about six wins out of it, but yeah. some of those guys who in the arena build like actual decks, you're like, how the hell did you do this?
1: Yeah, I think I've only done the arena twice. The first time I was, I think I tried a Priest, and it was my first time ever playing a Priest. It did not go well.
0: Yeah, I I would say you'd have to get your, before you dive into the arena, get your bearings straight against the computer opponents.
1: Right, and then I tried it a second time as a mage, which was actually my most played uh, class, and I went three and three. So not too terrible.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's the, what's your that's I think the average is like three point four or something like
1: that. So it is that's right down the middle of where everybody else is. Right, but I, and I'm saying it was a it was my best known class. Like I understood how the class worked. I understood how to play it and how I liked to play it.
0: Now, are you going to be popping back in when this new uh, Curse of Narax Nax, Whatever this stupid.
1: It's got two X's in it. Who does that? Magic. Any CCG or video game that's trying to make it yeah, look. Its- true. Trying to make itself look all badass. I mean, I might get in and play, but I mean, honestly, it's not going to change anything for me. Gotcha.
0: You see, this is why I like having somebody else other than Dave on because it's, it's sometimes when Dave and I get talking and we both like something, it's kind of like an echo chamber. So I'm kind of every once in a while interested to see an outside opinion on something.
1: Yeah, like me, who is you know, I appreciate Hearthstone, but I'm a lot more lukewarm towards it than the two of you are. Very true. I mean, I think part of it for me is I get distracted with games very easily. Like I'll get sucked into something, play it a lot, but then something else will come along and I'll just drop it, which is the one of the main reasons that I do not play any MMOs that require a subscription is because I know I will not get my money's worth out of it.
0: Very true. So the other question for you then is how much have you spent on the Steam sale so far?
1: Am I including what, um, like myself and Julie, or just myself? That is up to you. Uh, give me just a sec, then,
0: because I know for a fact that I actually really haven't spent. I think I've spent what three dollars this year. I've spent a little bit. Uh, let's see. Like there have been years on the Steam sale where it's just like, oh my gosh, all the games.
1: Yeah, I. Sometimes that happens. I would say for me, um, actually, kind of together, we've spent about sixty ish. But um, we both decided to get Age of Wonders three, which is twenty, which was twenty bucks a pop, and then we got a couple four packs of games, like Talisman. Gotcha. Although I did get uh, Brothers: The Tale of Two Sons pretty much for free because I had um, a, one of the uh, foil badges drop. The day that it was on sale went straight to the market. So yeah, I mean I got essentially one big game and then a couple smaller ones. Yeah, I really
0: haven't gotten I got a bunch of smaller games, but nothing too serious.
1: Well, can your computer handle anything too serious right now?
0: No, no, it can't. So I
1: mean that's an additional factor for you.
0: Very true, yeah. That's the that's also the good thing with Hearthstone is the fact that A it's free and B, my computer can run it without any issues.
1: Right. Well, I mean it's not a very graphically or power intensive game.
0: No. No, there are plenty of games on here, though, that I think are going to be uh, issues. Like, I'm looking at uh, some of the the Fallout games and some of the other... I have some graphic-intensive games on here that I know just at some point in the future I'm going to want to play. And since it was on sale, why not get it? Makes sense.
1: Well, I mean, you have a little more of a stable job now, right? So you might be able to get a new PC soon?
0: Maybe. We'll find out this week, hopefully. Okay, good luck with that. It's one of those things where it's like, yes, it's going to happen. At some point. Maybe this week. Nope. Nay, maybe next week. Uh, some point in the future. We'll just keep kicking it down the road. Sooner or later, it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, we've decided that at some point this year, Julie needs a new PC. When she installed a free-to-play and her computer couldn't run it, that's when we decided it was time.
0: Does that mean we won't have any more squeaky Julies anymore?
1: It's possible. We think it's a driver-related issue. But if it's a hardware-related issue, because it's a uh, webcam... Um, so I'm not guaranteeing, but the chipmunk Julie is always amusing.
0: Very true. There was a guy in uh, one of our World of Warcraft guilds who had a Windows ME computer. And his the way his thing was set up with Ventrilo or something, like he couldn't turn off his mic. So it was always on. So he'd be in the middle of a raid and we'd hear him like yelling at somebody and they're like, Hey, where's my meatball sub?
1: Wow, World of Warcraft players. Yeah. At least he wasn't a 12-year-old kid. No,
0: very true. It was always fun when you were like, dude, how old are you? I'm in college. Go, go do something else and come back. So there's supposed to be a multiplayer in the next version of Legends
1: of Zelda. That is very interesting to me, and I'm curious how it's going to work, because the last time they tried it was good, but I'm not sure I'd call it great. I just don't
0: know if you really need a multiplayer version of Legends of Zelda.
1: It goes along with the fact that everything is multiplayer nowadays, and the Epic Solo games are just hitting the wayside, and it's making me depressed.
0: I am, because there's a lot of things where it's just like, yes, I I enjoy the solo games. It's like, does it have to have multiplayer? Sometimes it's fun. I do have to say I did enjoy the
1: uh,
0: multiplayer version of Assassin's Creed.
1: Yeah, but then there's like some games that, you know, make zero sense as a multiplayer game. Like if they try making a new Final Fantasy multiplayer like that, I'm going to be seriously concerned.
0: Yeah, that, that mm, I don't know about that
1: one. <laughs> I mean, there's the Final Fantasy MMOs, but that's that's a whole different ballgame right there.
0: Yeah, the, the MMOs is its own thing. But if you just have a regular game and then you're like, well, we're going to have a multiplayer version in it. Why? I don't know.
1: Like, there have actually been RPGs, like turn-based RPGs, that um, tried doing multiplayer, where all it was was the second player controlled one of the party members, and only during battle. Well, that's super annoying. I mean, some games, like the Tales series, it works a little better because the battles are a little more active and whatnot. But anything turn-based is just like, no, that's retarded. Oh, that's very true. So, I don't know. We'll see how it works. It It's one of those things, since it is an action game, it has the potential to be good. Yes, very true. Whether they pull it off or not, I'm not going to say. I
0: Because I do have to say, Smash Brothers, that was pulled off really well. As a... In general, or the new one? Well, I'm just saying, in the the idea of multiplayer games, Smash Brothers works out really well.
1: Yes, it does, but it's not story-centric.
0: Yeah, that's the one I'm interested in.
1: I mean, multiplayer games with a strong story are hard to pull off. There are some that exist, like Borderlands. That one is amazing.
0: The multiplayer in uh, Grand Theft Auto was fun. Never played any of those. I haven't tried out the new Grand Theft Auto online, so I don't know about that part of it, but the, in Grand Theft Auto 4... That multiplayer was pretty fun.
1: I will say that um, the last console Zelda, uh, Skyward Julie's actually been playing it recently.
0: Sorry, I lost you there for a little bit. What did you say?
1: I was saying the um, <clears throat> Skyward Sword, the last console Zelda, was actually really good. And that uh, Julie's actually been playing it fairly recently. Like, uh, I don't know if you played Twilight Princess, but that one was a little bit of a letdown.
0: The Zelda games I have played, I have tried to play the original Legends
1: of Zelda. That one, it's respectable, but it hurts. I have played A
0: Link to the Past.
1: That was fun. Yes. And that's about it. Ocarina of Time is worth your time. Uh, Skyward Sword is worth your time if you have access to a Wii and a Wii Motion Plus remote. Um, There's... Probably a couple others. I'm just blanking on what they are. Like I, um, I've played A Link to the Past, but most of my Zelda experience has been post Ocarina of Time.
0: Yeah, everybody always says that you need to do Ocarina of Time, especially like if you look at those video game lists, and most of the time, Ocarina of Time is either like number one or number two.
1: Well, the whole thing is when it came out, it kind of changed the um, landscape. It aged decently well. Uh, but if you go back and play it, you know, there's a few things that you're like, mm, I don't know if this is the greatest. Uh, the, it's one of those things where it came out, it showed everyone what video games could be and what an kind of open world game could be.
0: So it's kind of along the lines of going from Super Mario to like Super Mario Brothers 64.
1: Well, exactly. And the whole thing is it was it was a 64 game came almost came out almost at the exact same time. It was one of the games that Nintendo used to kind of revolutionize video gaming.
0: No, I, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Having those two come out one right after each other. That's a that's a serious twist in the whole world of video games.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good game. It has aged decently well. I mean, it's worth your time to play it a little bit. Um I'm it's one of those things, kinda like Final Fantasy Seven, I think at this point it may be a little overrated, but for what it did at the time, it definitely deserves its recognition.
0: So you're thinking the rose colored glasses are a little skewing?
1: I think it is a little bit, um, but it definitely you know, if you are interested in video game history at all, it you wanna play it. Um it, it's still a good game. Um, it's still better than a lot of Zeldas that have come out since then, such as Majora's Mask or Twilight Princess. Well, I will definitely have to uh, see about emulating it. It shouldn't be too hard, because N64 emulators are not that difficult to get hold of, and it's old enough that it shouldn't kill your PC.
0: No, probably not. So, speaking of video games, Sniper Elite 2... Uh, You mean 3? Sorry, 3, yes. 2 was the one that I had played. Sniper Elite 3 I have not yet played yet, but... It has a 10 gigabyte day one patch. It's just like, why? Yeah, that one is 10 gigabyte
1: download. How big are the hard drives on Xbox Ones? I don't know, but st- that's, w- wow. And you f- especially feel sorry for anyone with the data cap.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the that's the thing. It's like, oh, I got this game. That'd be great. I 10 gigabytes. Well,
1: if you're in like Canada or something, you are screwed. Yeah, so I, that's one of those things that's just like, seriously, guys, fix your shit before you launch.
0: It's like, yes, I know you probably discovered something after you went gold, but this is just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and then the official explanation says the um, the main part of the update is to sync data between the game's retail discs and the Xbox Live Digital Download Edition. So it's pretty much, you know day one dlc kind of thing oh good yeah so the, their justification in the several weeks between sending the code off to manufacture and release rather than sit around or take a break we continued to work on the game
0: i i don't think that's the uh, best idea yes i understand that you should you know fix your shit but 10 gigabytes all at once that's a little crazy yeah that's pretty rough I do have to say, though, I am uh, probably not going to get Sniper Elite 3 right away, so not going to worry about that. I don't think I'm ever going to get that game.
1: First-person shooter is not my thing, and honestly, I'm probably not even getting an Xbox One. Yeah, I'm probably not going to get one either. I mean, I already know the next two game systems I'm getting in order, just not sure when. Oh, and what are they? I want the Vita by the end of 2014, and then uh, a PS3 or a PS4 probably at some point in 2015.
0: Would it be weird to just go and finally get a PS3 in like a year or so? No, especially not if the price drops. There's still a lot of good stuff out for the PS3. Well, that's I'm just like thinking of all like the Uncharted games and that sort of thing. There's things that I know were good, and it's just like, well, I don't want to buy them right away, but if I hold off, I could probably get them
1: for cheap. Yeah, no, I mean that's. I would not hold it against you at all. There's a lot of good stuff out for it. And the whole thing is um, the PlayStation Plus thing. While I don't have it, they do have a lot of really nice things to offer.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, why do I even still have Xbox Live or Xbox Live
1: Gold? I had Xbox Live Gold for a month because I had a free month of it. I have not paid for Xbox Gold ever. That sounds about where I'm going. I actually don't have the PlayStation Plus, but I have actually been considering it. If I ever, like, I'm thinking I will probably get it when I get a Vita, at least for a little while. Just to see how it works? Yeah, I mean, they, they have, like... Significant discounts on digital games, and um, they have a system where I think it's as um, each month they offer a free game that you can add to your account, and as long as you're a PlayStation Plus member, you have that game for free forever. Oh, well, that's nice. So, I mean, it's one of those things. They just keep feeding you a little bit as long as you stay a member. And, like, I've seen $40 games for less than $10 um, in their digital store for PlayStation Plus members. Gotcha. But the thing for me, the reason that I get consoles is... Uh, games that they release for it. And Vita has finally gotten enough games that I want, and PlayStation 4 has announced enough games that I want that I know I'm going to get those systems.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, the new Assassin's Creed game is only coming out on the next-gen consoles, but am I really that excited for the next Assassin's Creed game in order to get the next console? answer is no.
1: Right, whereas for me, you know, they've already announced... Final Fantasy XV, and Kingdom Hearts 3 for the PlayStation 4. So I'm all in there. I still have to finish up the original Kingdom Hearts game. I think I've... I own all of them, and of the, like, five or six, I've beaten three or four. From what I've heard, there's a lot of, like, serious
0: stuff hidden in those games.
1: Oh, there really is.
0: Where on the surface, it's just a kid's game, but then if you actually, like, go a little bit deeper in there, it's, there's, remember somebody telling me something about, like, the uh, clock face boss that they have to do, where you have to actually get some serious gaming going on to actually beat it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of those, and then even just the, um, Topics and some and whatnot they get crazy, especially with the uh PSP game
0: oh i I don't doubt it. it's one of those things where it's, it's it's deep, but you don't notice it's deep until you actually look
1: yeah, like it's one of these things where um you know you're playing the games and whatnot, but then when you go back and play the prequel, you realize, hey, wait a sec, you know these three main characters you know they were in the prequel, but we haven't seen them. well, that's because one of them's dead, one of them's lost in time and space, and the other's been turned into a statue. Ooh, that's rough. So you're just like, oh, okay then. But it it is a really good uh, game series. Some of the games were better than others. The DS ones, the handhelds, were okay. They didn't seem to add quite as much to the series as um, the console ones or the PSP one.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'll keep that in mind if I ever get back to that. So speaking of old games, Second Life, they're saying they're going to make a sequel to it.
1: I never played it, never had much interest in playing it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, well, that's that's great for you guys. I I don't understand why you'd be doing it, but I don't know. It's second version of Second Life, that's, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that would just be like somebody announcing that they're going to do redo MySpace.
1: It, it depends on what direction they take it. I mean, if it starts going in a virtual reality direction that's you know a little more open-ended kind of like ready player one or something it could be good but if it's just more second life then i think it's just like what's the point
0: no i i agree with you on that part so other mmos world of warcraft max level is what 90 now couldn't tell you. Never played it. I'm trying to rack my brains. I think it's 90 now. So um, during the uh, World of Warcraft expansion, Mists of Pandaria, which we call Kung Fu Kung Fu Panda, um, the uh, pandas could actually pick which side they wanted it to be on. Huh. So you'd, you'd start in your little, like, beginner's area, learn about your character, and then once you leave the beginner's area, you actually
1: can pick either Alliance or Horde. Whereas the rest of the races are set based on what you pick? Yes. Okay. I've been telling Dave I will play this game when it goes completely free to play. That
0: Yeah, it's like I had it and then I burned myself out on it and I am fine not looking back.
1: Yep. Never touched it. No reason to touch it for quite some time.
0: So what somebody did was they had created a panda and they said that they are going to stay neutral. Okay. Which means that they were not allowed to leave the little beginner's area. This seems so odd. Yeah, it's, uh, it's they, they would, you know, do all the beginner level missions and then you get your XP points for that. And then they just killed some people. But then after you get high enough in levels, there's a big enough difference. You actually don't get XP points anymore. So then they started to level by mining and picking herbs. And I'm
1: guessing you get like minimal XP for this?
0: Yes, yes, you do. So somebody in this little beginner's area got all the way up to the maximum level, which is level 90, without picking a side. That's kind of nuts.
1: I'm looking at this screenshot. Is this from like him doing it?
0: Yes. The The screenshot at the top of this article is him when he actually hit 90.
1: He has a lot of people watching.
0: Well, that's one of the things. It was one of those oddities. It's like, really? You're, you're doing this? okay well, let's, let's pay attention. That's just, wow.
1: I like the title of the article, Doing It Wrong.
0: Yeah, that one was just like well, that's wow. Someone must have been really bored. Yeah, I think his because you can in the game you can actually hit slash played and it will actually tell you time spent in game playing. I'm looking and I think it,
1: I'm trying to see if, if he says how long it took him. I think his days played
0: in the game itself was like 168 days.
1: For just this
0: character? Just that character, yeah. That's terrible. He's like, yeah, I just would pop a TV show on or something and then just just calmly go around and do my uh, mining and herbing.
1: Do you know what nationality this person was? No, I do not. Because I would be curious about that.
0: Well, he's uh, English forum, U.S. battle, So it looks like he is from the U.S. Huh. Let's see if his profile says anything.
1: says, uh, according to this article, it says it took him roughly two years to do it. Yeah, that's something. I'm not sure if it's dedication or insanity or some weird mix of both. Probably a little bit of both. Anyways.
0: Hold on, I'm looking up to see where this server is located. Yeah, it's a U.S. server in the Eastern Time Zone, so... He is U.S., but where in the U.S., I don't know. Yeah, I, if I got back into WoW, I would not do it this way. That Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Like, the closest I've done is um, in Guild Wars 1, there's kind of like a... Um, area that's ideal for starters and you can blast through it and be done by like level six i think i stuck around once to get to like level 13 but the max level in the game is 20 so i'm getting up to level 20 in there it would take a little while but not quite to the dedication of this yeah this is a little ridiculous all right so what else we got
0: okay let's see we got the pizza second life wow oh they there's going to be a george lucas museum in chicago interesting I mean, his movies pre-1990 were amazing. Yeah, it is going to be called the uh, Lucas Museum of Narrative Art.
1: I'm hoping that it's going to have more than just George Lucas stuff in it, though. Like, if it's named after him, but it's more of a generalized museum for movies, I I can see that being good. The
0: museum will house a collection that includes valuable Norman Rockwell paintings, examples of the special effects he pioneered at ILM, and memorabilia such as the Darth Vader costume. Okay, then. The works are going to be wrapped around the theme of storytelling. So many pieces, such as his collection of magazine illustrations, predate the arrival of the moving pictures, television, and radio.
1: So it almost sounds more of like a history of movies as told from George Lucas's perspective. That's
0: what it seems.
1: That could be interesting.
0: Where it's got some George Lucas stuff, but then it's also just the overall arching idea of what he thinks of as the narrative art.
1: It has the potential to be good. I, I would definitely want to go before I weigh in too much.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that's on paper. What is? This is what it says. But in practice, what is it actually going to look like? So in the last little bit of news, the Supreme Court ruled on the Aereo case, something that we have talked about multiple times on this podcast.
1: It looks like Aereo is done.
0: Yeah, pretty much. They haven't figured out what they're going to do, but the Supreme Court ruled that it is illegal in their current state, and so they need to cease operations. How many cities is it in right now? Uh, I think 11.
1: So it'll probably so, just be shutting those down.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they are refunding everybody's last month of uh, service. And they're putting it on hold until they figure out what exactly they can do. But yeah, the Supreme Court also specifically said that they are ruling just on Aereo because they don't know. They don't want this to uh, cause problems with other cloud-based services. Okay. So your uh, Netflix
1: is safe. That's good. So I'm guessing they're probably just going to spend a little while like liquidating all this, but I would imagine that some of the heads of this company are going to be able to find something else somewhere because this was pretty creative and pretty well executed.
0: No, yeah, the Supreme Court justices said like, "Is it? You guys found a loophole and you exploited it perfectly. It's just they were not part of the majority, right?" Well, good luck to them in the future. Yeah, and at the same time, the Supreme Court also ruled on the fact that you cannot have your cell phone searched without a warrant. Interesting. Yep. So now if you get pulled over, the the police officers cannot just randomly go through your cell phone looking for anything that might
1: actually be illegal. Like texting while driving or placing calls or something?
0: Well, no, just anything that's actually like on your cell phone that could be used to incriminate you in some other gotcha. illegal activity.
1: So was this something that had happened a lot? Because I've never really heard about cases like this.
0: It was kind of up in the air and it was it was discrimination. It was differences between the different states about whether or not this was legal or not. So now the Supreme Court has ruled that it is illegal to search a person's cell phone without a warrant.
1: Okay, then. I can get behind them on that decision.
0: Yeah, so can I, especially since they said like, there's no constitutional precedence for this because nobody had thought about a cell phone back in the 1700s. But they said like, literally everybody's lives are on their cell phones now. So it's just like going into their house right
1: now if they post something to a site that anyone can access like facebook or something you know then that's their own problem
0: yeah but if you have something like stored on your cell phone it's like having it stored in your house there must be a warrant issued in order for the police to search it
1: i'm curious if that's going to change anything at almost like the high school level because I could see administrators being concerned about what's on students' phones at times. Like, I've heard cases where, you know, something shows up online somewhere and the administrators tra- trace it back to some student cell phone. You know, what happens in that case? Well,
0: that's an excellent question because I know the, the locker searching is different than it is just for normal search and seizures.
1: Right, and I'm wondering, you know, do cell phones fall into that? So, I mean, it's it more of a... Um, community level, I can see this working, but almost at more of a micro level, like especially within the school systems. I'm curious what kind of impact that will have.
0: No, well, That's an excellent question and something that I probably will look up in the future, but I do not know right now, especially since my Google Chrome just crashed on me. <laughs> nice.
1: Well, I think that was the last topic. So, you know, that works.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect time to crash. So, random review, Brendan, what would you yeah. like to review?
1: Uh, a card game called, called Star Realms. This was a game that was kickstarted uh, a little while ago. I was actually not part of the initial kickstarter, but when Julie and I went to Origins Game Fair a couple weeks ago, we picked up a couple copies of it. It is a kind of small game, comes in a box about the size of a deck of magic cards, and it is a one-on-one deck builder that's themed around space.
0: Oh, um, that sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's actually designed by two of the people who helped. Um, actually, no, I don't think they designed it. They, it was designed by two of the top Magic the Gathering players. And Ah, well, that's it, good. It, it definitely has some elements from that because, you know, it's two players. Each of them has starts with like 50 life. But they also, and they start with a very basic deck of cards that are identical. And there's effectively four factions of like ships and bases that you can buy. And the factions work well together. So if you focus on a color, you're gonna have a stronger deck. Uh, but each faction plays very differently. Like, uh, the red faction you can actually use to kind of thin your deck down so you get your stronger cards more often. Uh, the green deck will deal more damage. The blue deck will heal you a little more, things like that.
0: So it's like the colors in Magic the Gathering, alright.
1: Yeah, and, but, you know, it's themed around these different space factions and it plays very quickly. It's very easy to learn, easy to play because there's, Effectively, four symbols for you to learn. You know, the heal, get money, deal damage, um, and then you know, being able to match the factions up. And I think was it? I when I demoed it, I think I was taught the game in less than five minutes. And um, we've, I've probably played about five or six games since. And one of the reasons I think I like it is because with Julian myself, we, we've played it a few times and we have split 50-50 on who wins. So it's a very balanced game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that
0: would make sense. And I'm looking at the Learn to Play on their website and it Learn to Play is actually pretty simple.
1: Right. So we actually bought two of them because they include rules. Like they have two sets of instructions. One set of instructions is the basics on how to play and the two-player game. But they have another set of instructions for if you buy a second or even third set, you mix them together. And this is how you play with more than two people. Oh, that's a neat idea. they, they designed it so that each deck you add can add another two players. That's really cool. So we bought two decks so we can have up to four players. And they have special rules. Like um, if you have this ma- these many players, you can play these kind of games with these rules. And they have like five or six different types of games. Like um, and, and a lot of them are like Magic the Gathering where you got the two-headed giant, um, the emperor, or like all versus one kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I've seen this, like the Free-for-All Hunter, Hydra, Two-Headed Hydra, Three-Headed Hydra, Emperor, Raid, Raiders. Uh, okay, this works.
1: So the whole thing, and uh, one of the other things is that the base game is 15 bucks. So getting it is not bank-breaking.
0: No, that's not like you know having to drop a couple 20s on getting Magic the Gathering stuff there so you can actually do something with it.
1: Right. Now, one of the things is they have a pack of promos that gives it a little more variety or allows for a solo game, and that is a little pricier than I want to pay right now because it's like 10 bucks for 15 cards as opposed to 15 bucks for like 130 cards.
0: That's a bit of a price difference there.
1: Right. So they were selling those at Origins too, but we opted not to get one. I tried winning one of the playmats because they looked awesome, but they were a little expensive. So have you tried it yet with four people or have you just done the one-on-one? We've just done the one-on-one. We haven't really had a chance. I'm hoping to try a four-player game uh, with some people this weekend. But we'll have to see. Well, let me know how it goes because that seems
0: pretty cheap to get that right. Fifteen bucks off the bat is not bad at all.
1: Right. Um, actually, I did look on their site because they actually have a list of brick and mortar stores that carry it. And I think one of the only ones in Michigan was actually in Kalamazoo. Oh, is it at, fa- oh, is it at Fanfare? It might have been. Check If you're on their site, i they actually have a list of the stores. I am checking right now. It's actually interesting because um, the whole thing is there was the Kickstarter and then it's just starting to break into the brick and mortar stores, but they also had a an issue with um, supply and demand. So if you go on like eBay or something, they're like 30 bucks a deck right now. So they're selling for 200% on eBay. Odyssey
0: game. I have never heard of this, but it's in Kalamazoo. Well, something to check out for you. I, I, wow, I didn't know we had another. I thought we was just had fanfare. But yeah, it turns out there's a, another game store in
1: Kalamazoo. Well, we highly recommend it. As I said, it is not an expensive game. We've definitely got our uh, worth out of it so far. The art is actually really, really nice. Because you got these four different factions, and then the kind of unaligned basic ships, and each faction definitely has its own style of art, like in style of ships. Julie also messaged me and said it is also a super balanced game.
0: Well, I'm glad that Julie thinks it's balanced too. So that's
1: right. It's kind of more opinions are always the better. Yeah, it's kind of funny because. Um, In like the two weeks since Origins, we picked up a couple different games. Uh, We picked up that and then Seasons and Quarriors. And it's kind of amusing because this one, Star Realms, we split almost 50-50. She's one half, I have one half. With Seasons, I have yet to beat her. And with Quarriors, she has yet to beat me. So it's just kind of interesting seeing this hugely polarized group of games.
0: Well, I'm glad that you you, – do you carry over a grudge at all or no?
1: No, not really. We just keep going. I want to try it again because I want to actually beat you for once.
0: And then it doesn't happen. Not so much. Gotcha. Well, all right. Star Realms, $15. Brendan approves. Very much so.
1: And all right. to the people around here in Ann Arbor, I imagine I can show it to you at some point soon.
0: Gotcha. All right. Random topic time. All right. Rolled ahead of time. Andy, when are you going to update andylow.com?
1: It would be really amusing if this was a question directed at Dave, who is not here.
0: That would have been actually kind of funny if you had gotten a Dave specific random topic question that Dave was
1: not here for. Or if Dave was here and you weren't and we got this question.
0: Yes, this also would have been funny. But yes, I own Andy Lowe.com. I originally picked it up because my brother was slowly buying up all of my family. So you got it before he could get it? Yes, because there was sometimes where my brother would post silly photos of them. I think there's one where he posted a picture of my dad wearing like two sets of headphones. Nice. And then there was another one of like my sister eating spaghetti after a very long night. And so she does not look that... Pleasant.
1: So you got this. So yeah, I
0: grabbed uh, and I have not literally not updated it since I created it. Do you still own the uh, host
1: or the uh, name
0: rather? Yeah, I still own it. It's still me and just haven't updated it. I think I got one of like a good deal or something like that, whereas the domain in like five pages for a couple of years for like 20 bucks or something like that. This was done. Oh, when was this website done?
1: according to Kate's message at least six years ago
0: well it's still when I was at my parents' house so there's that so yeah when I would I ever update it I'm not sure
1: when you get something interesting to talk about that doesn't already go on our A podcast.
0: That's one of those things where it's like, okay, what would I what would I do? I could do something? No, I'd probably put that on my Facebook page. But if I did? No, I would go on the podcast page. Uh, well, I, the original idea of this one would be something that people would go and look at if, you know, I was searching for a job, but I've got a job, so I don't need that anymore. I use the email every once in a while when I want people to email me or something.
1: So it's one of those ones you're probably just going to sit on for another few years before you come up with a good idea?
0: Yeah, or just use a website here and, and sort of like Brian, where I have it and where it hosts other things, I could see that. Yeah, would I update? It's one of those things where it's uh, it had a purpose that never really got used, and now it's purposeless. So I might actually, I don't even know if I could figure out how to edit this thing. I don't even know.
1: You've lost access to uh, be able to edit the
0: pages? I, I don't know how to actually access to edit the pages. I don't know what the password would be to access it. I, I don't know.
1: Good job. So it may actually just default in a few years?
0: Pretty much. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, I might just get another hosting service and then just say, hey, I own this website. Let's move it over.
1: Might not be a bad idea.
0: Yeah, because this, this, like I said, this is back when I was living at my parents' house
1: Well, when I made this. The other thing is, do does your family listen to the podcast? Some do. So Some do. if your brother remembers that this site exists now and you let it default?
0: I, I think he's gotten beyond that stage of the silliness. Or so you hope. I, true. I think we all have grown up over the years, so I feel like it's I would not have to worry about coming back to this in a year or so and then having a strange picture. I, I've put enough strange pictures of me up online already. Most people have. Yes, but the question is, do most people know that they're strange pictures of themselves? Gotcha. I would understand that this is not a good picture, flattering picture of me. Other people are just like, hey, look at this keg stand. And I'm just like, are you sure you want to do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard stories. Oh, yeah, no, there are stories out there, and I don't doubt that most of them are true. But, yeah, this one, oh, some no, science... like,
1: I have heard a story where my sister almost got one of my relatives in a significant amount of trouble story. Oh,
0: well, let's not talk about that, then. <laughs> so, com. feel free to browse it. There are five pages. Nice. Some of them are accurate, some of them are not. Let's like, there's a up. website here that just says pictures and pictures are coming soon it says i just need a digital camera first it
1: seems i would hope you have a digital camera as part of your phone now yep this is this predates having a camera phone it seems all right under experience so this site was created later than january of 2007 because it says experience uh january 2007 to present well there we go i think that's the closest i can come to getting a date on this thing
0: I think I created it when we went to the first packs. I do believe. I think that's when I created it. I might have updated it back in 2007, so 2007 might be the last time I touched it.
1: It still has your aim on here. Do people even use aim anymore?
0: I don't use aim anymore. I don't even have it signed in, so.
1: I don't think I have the passwords for mine anymore. I don't even think I remember my AIM username.
0: Well, I remember my AIM username, and I probably remember what the password is. But it's one of those things. that's like, what? What's the point?
1: Yeah, nowadays it's Steam or Facebook or GChat.
0: For me, it's it's Hangouts the entire way. It's most, that's my go-to thing. It's Hangouts, and then maybe if they're not there, then I'll go to Steam or
1: Facebook. I use Facebook when I'm trying to contact like three people who you know I don't talk to all that much. Strangely enough, that's actually the easiest way to get hold of Wheeler.
0: I don't actually doubt that. All right, so there is the answer. <laughs> the answer is, are you ever going to update it? Probably not. But if I do, then I will probably not let you know.
1: Because it'll probably be for a job or something. I
0: I don't know. I'll figure that out whenever I actually do update it. All right, Brendan, well, thank you very much for filling in for Dave. Not a problem. And uh, I guess that's a wrap. All right, take it easy. <laughs>